there are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. G go away. Go I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward, along with a special segment, Oddities with John Mallard. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart, your monthly paranormal podcast. A new episode is released on the last Sunday of each month at 6 p.m. Eastern on Podbean. You can also find Boo and I on YouTube, RadioAndPodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Paranormal Radio, TuneIn, and each Sunday on IamDarkWaters.com at 6 p.m. Eastern. And don't forget to show your love and support of the show by simply clicking that like, share, and subscribe button on YouTube or follow on Podbean, or anywhere else you listen to us. If you have any topics you'd like to hear, or have a guest in mind, or you yourself would like to be a guest, it's easy to contact me. Just drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd also like to hear where you're from. It's so amazing to hear the various places around the world that people are tuning in. I have listeners from Italy and St. Africa and Australia, as well as Canada and the United States, and it's really, really exciting for me to find out where you're all listening to. Thank you so very much. Now, before I get to my next guest, enjoy Oddities with John Mallard. Let's hear what odd things John has for us this month. Over to you, John. Hey, oddballs. Welcome to this month's Oddities. Strange facts about an odd, odd world that are very, very True. Tonight we focus on something that we all are into from time to time, which is reality shows. Whether you're in the Ghost Hunters or Big Brother, well, there's been a lot of really, really, really weird reality shows in the past. Even normal reality shows are weird, but these are not normal reality shows. Take, for instance, Superstar USA, which is back in 2004 on the Warner Brothers Network. Contestants on this show were told that they were in a singing competition 
but they were actually being judged for their lack of singing ability. The show's producers also told the live audience that the singers were terminally ill patients who were getting their last wishes fulfilled by the Make-A-Wish Foundation. The winner, a tone-deaf woman named Jamie Foss, won $50,000. Oh my God, that is terrible. Mr. Personality 2003 was a Fox show. This derivation of The Bachelor featured a woman choosing from a series of men. The twist was that she could judge potential mates only on their personalities because all the men wore gruesome masks. The show was hosted by none other than Monica Lewinsky, famous for her scandalous relationship with President Bill Clinton. How about that old show, Dating in the Dark, turned 10 years old this year, back on ABC. Another Bachelor variation. This show asked single people to pick partners based on personality instead of looks, but it upped the ante even more. They had to choose each other entirely in the dark. The show was shot with night vision cameras, allowing viewers to watch the contestants not only flirt, but also bump into walls and each other. Because, you know... That's pretty much goat hunting in the nutshell. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Listen, the U.S. is not the only place. The U.K. had My Bare Lady. Did you hear about this one? Four American adult film stars attempted to become legitimate actresses by performing scenes from classic musicals, including My Fair Lady, alongside British theater actors. <laughs> that is deadly. I, I, I've got to see this show. And the last one I got on my list here is called Gimme My Reality Show, which was a uh, 2008 show back on Fox Reality. Contestants from other reality shows competed on this reality show to win a contract to star in another reality show. It aired on the Fox Reality Channel, a short-lived network that showed only reality shows, really. So there you go. I mean, why live in their world when you can live in your own? Reality bites, reality blights. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this month's oddities. Back to you, Kat. Thanks, John. My next guest is an engineering technician in the structural steel industry, and he also has a wonderful YouTube channel where he reads people's true encounters of Bigfoot, Dogman, and other cryptids. What most don't know is he has had encounters of his own with UFOs. I'm honored to have him tell us about those encounters. Please help me welcome Dixie Cryptid himself, Cameron Buckner. Hey, Cameron. Welcome to Paranormal Heart. Hey, thanks, Kat. I'm very excited to have you here. Folks, if you don't recognize the name Cameron, you might recognize Dixie Cryptid himself. Got a great YouTube channel. Um, so in, I can't say enough. I really love the, the show. Um, I've been listening for a short time. My husband's been listening a lot longer. And when I found the show, I thought, wow, this is great. And uh, yeah, messaged you and we just we just hit it off. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you liked it, and I'm glad he likes it. That's uh, That makes my day. Well, I'm glad. Okay, folks, we're um, Cameron here has some uh, interesting encounters that he'd like to discuss with us, and if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time you've spoken about it on a podcast or anything? Yeah, this is my first podcast appearance, and uh, I'm so thankful you called me because I, I can actually... I'm not the one asking the questions on this <laughs> one, although I'm going to ask you a question or two. Of course. But, um, yeah, that's a – and, you know, what's funny is that uh, my channel is pretty much centered around the, the cryptid phenomenon, namely Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. And I've never had a Bigfoot encounter of any kind, and I've never seen any 
signs that I can definitively say is Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have had a couple of what I think were UFO encounters that, honestly, I didn't even remember until someone actually submitted to me a UFO story. And I started remembering back, and, and I remember two two things that happened to me um, vividly. I, what's up with that? I don't I don't know hmm. how that happens, but yeah, that's uh, sounds like something triggered a memory. I don't know. I, I it wasn't like I forgot it. I just wasn't thinking. I just it just wasn't forefront in my mind, and um, it was right before I was about to record a show, and I thought, you know, this I'm I'm most of the stories that I well pretty much. In, 99 out of 100, I narrate. In other words, I read them off of a sheet of paper. And uh, But this one, uh, when I shared it on my channel, I just told the story, which was really, really kind of fun. And that's why I was looking forward to this podcast. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very honored that um, this is your first, first podcast. That's I really thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. My so- pleasure. Had you, when you had your UFO encounters, did you know of anyone else who ever had them as well? Or and maybe that's why you never thought to tell anyone or you didn't think any more of it? You know, I don't, I'm not sure if I remember. I, I don't think I've known anyone that's had, I'm thinking now, I really haven't thought about this, but uh, I don't remember knowing anyone personally that had any any encounters like I had but uh, you know you see them all the time on television and YouTube and all the social media stuff if you're interested in that thing or, or those kind of things so um, but no I don't know I don't know anybody that has ever had one isn't that crazy I, I mean it's a it's a you, you would think you would find kindred spirits out there, but I don't. I don't know anybody personally in my life that's had one. Well, maybe that now that you're speaking about it on uh, on a show, maybe someone will hear it, someone who knows you, and maybe they'll say, hey, you know, I never really discussed it before, but I kind of had an encounter too. I find that usually happens. Yeah, that is, uh, it's funny you say that because, you know, when I started my channel, it was just a... Uh, it was just a fun thing to do. I mean, I love storytelling. I love to read and anything unusual and interesting. I just soak it up and it doesn't have to be paranormal or cryptid related. Uh, just, you know, anything unusual. And, but I started this channel and going back to what you said and, I started it just writing my own stories or recreating stories that people had told me through the years. And I've heard tons of them. Mm-hmm. And I remember those stories remarkably, but I don't, I, I never thought of my own, but so I was afraid that, you know, I wasn't going to have enough material to continue uh, putting out videos every week or every couple of weeks. Um, so one day I put the word out. I said, Hey, if you've had an encounter, you'd like to email it to me, send it to me and I'll narrate it on the air. And man, they just flooded in. (laughs) And the more, the more the channel progresses and grows a little bit, uh, 
I think people are feeling more comfortable. You know, in our circles, we, we're, we are always very attentive to people's privacy if they want to be mm -hmm. anonymous. Yep. And I'm very, it's almost like the reporter won't ever reveal his sources. <laughs> and I think paranormal, cryptid type, people who host shows and do things like you and I do, we're very protective of people that want to stay anonymous and people see that and they, they, they send their emails in. I've got a stack of Bigfoot dog, man and UFO encounters. That's four inches thick that wow. I haven't even got to yet. That's amazing. So, you know, it's amazing. So yeah, I agree with you. The, um, I think when people come forward and just talk about things, it kind of loosens up the atmosphere and lets other people who have seen things that they wouldn't normally talk about come forward and talk about them, even in an anonymous fashion. Yeah, even if they don't reveal their name, people are still leery to mention the encounters that they've ever had um, for various reasons. Normally, because they don't want to be shunned by family and friends or laughed at, you know, because... Uh, Although the paranormal is, is a little bit more mainstream, it still is kind of taboo and people are still a little hesitant to talk about it. Oh, yeah. The ghost thing, um, which I don't know much about, is, uh, you know, I've been told some ghost stories, some, quote, true ghost stories from people through the years. And you're like, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, just, you're a little skeptical. And, and, uh, of course I am sometimes with Bigfoot stories. Matter of fact, I don't, and I've gotten to where I don't, I've kind of trained or taught myself to not make a judgment on it. it. Just listen to the story. And you can normally tell, uh, people's sincerity by the way they tell the story. Now that's not, that doesn't, that doesn't nail it down as true, but, uh, but you can usually see it in their eyes or hear it in their voice if it's, if it's the real thing and I've, I've, uh, but yeah, I don't make judgments on that anymore, but I used to go, ah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. That's, yeah. that's whatever you say, you know, those kind of things. So I've kind of come full term on that. Even if they're, the experiences they're having isn't exactly what they think they're seeing, they believe it and they've witnessed something that they cannot describe and it's freaking them out. So it's always good when people can talk about it on shows like ours. So, um, yeah, like, like you, I don't judge anybody because they have seen something and uh, they just need to talk to someone. Yeah. You know, regarding the paranormal, I was thinking today, um, you know, what am I going to talk about? Because you have a, a show that is a, that covers a bit of a different topic than I do, but, and I started trying to think back if there's anything in my life that, you know, that I could, I could pin the label paranormal on it and I, I can't, but there are times, you know, my father passed away back in 2004 and my mother is still, she's still living. And she, she tells me, you know, uh, Tam, he'll come, he comes to visit us and things like that. And there are times, and this is also true with my, one of my grandfathers, I was very close to him. And he died 30 years ago, but uh, when I was probably in my early 20s. But 
there are times when I can almost hear them whisper in my ear. Now, I, I wouldn't go out and tell somebody that that's a paranormal encounter necessarily, but I have those moments where, you know, I may be sitting out on the porch and it's raining and one of those really relaxed, calm moments. And for some reason, my dad or my grandfather will pop in my mind and it's almost like you have a conversation with them. Do you ever have anything like that yeah, go my, on in your life? Yeah, my mom passed away. My young fella, he's uh, 15 now, and she passed when he was only nine months old. And um, every once in a while when I'm really calm, you know, not really thinking about much, uh, it's usually when I'm looking at nature, like for when you mentioned about the rain. Um, it's just all of a sudden my mom will pop into my head, and it's almost like I'm having a conversation in my head. And, and sometimes I tell myself, Am I having a conversation with myself and I think it's my mom or is it really my mom, you know? Oh, yeah, I know 100% what you're talking about. And yeah. I think the same thing. But so that's real to me. You know, mm -hmm. that's uh, and I'll get up and carry on with my day and I'll think about that all day long. And they're talking about things that we are in my mind, a conversation or you know, a topic or maybe something going on in my life that we would have never talked about 30 years ago or 10 years ago. And it's something totally new. So it's not a memory mm -hmm. that's recycling in my mind. It's a, it's like a real conversation. Now, does the human mind do that? You know, I can't say there are people much smarter than me that know those answers and maybe they don't, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, but again, I don't think I could go say, well, you know, I had a paranormal experience, mm -hmm. but when somebody tells me they talk to their mother, their, their mother, who's passed five, 10, 15 years ago, I don't doubt that a bit. Yep. When I first started the show, um, I strictly did ghosts saying it's a paranormal sh talk show. And then I started realizing that paranormal isn't just about ghosts. It's pretty much whatever's not normal. So I branched out a little bit, started talking about cryptids, um, UFOs. So um, because there's still people out there. Cause I actually did a poll a little while back asking listeners, what would you like to listen to? And uh, a lot of them said, you know, they, they still like the ghosts, but they like, wanted me to branch out a little. So that's why uh, I wanted to have you on the show as well with your UFO encounter. And um, I've had uh, some people talk about cryptids that they've uh, they've encountered, like Dogman or Bigfoot. So um, uh, it's just something that oh, yeah. people, That's people a, love, love to hear. All of those topics are very interesting to many, many people because uh, I'm sorry if you hear my dog in the background. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> she is. She wants out and I'm not going <laughs> to let her out right now. But uh so yeah, do, uh, I'll tell, I'll share with you, um, unless you have another question, the most recent, what I think was a UFO experience. Is that okay? Oh yeah, please. So, uh, I, I don't remember what year this was. It was somewhere in the neighborhood of, um, like 19, uh, let's see, somewhere between 88 and 90. And I was living in uh, Jackson, Tennessee, uh, down here in the U.S. And I worked for a big structural steel company, 
we we would work. We were just some rawhide dudes. There was a big, all of us that worked for the company. We were trying to get some big projects done and kind of make a name for ourselves. We were just employees, but we were just driven, just young guys driven to try to build something. So we would work nights, weekends, whatever it took. And of course, we were being paid for it. And we all wanted to do well. Well, one summer night, I don't remember the month. I don't remember the date, of course. But we were working on a large project. And I was actually a project manager. I worked in the office. But if the shop needed an extra hand or two, the guys in the office, we'd go out there and work with the night shift and get help them get something out. Mm-hmm. Mainly because we had to answer to the our customer's project manager <laughs> the, the next Monday, for example, <laughs> if we didn't get it done. So we wanted to do everything we could do to get them to get the project delivered. So it was 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night, and I was driving home. I was dirty, sweaty. I was tired. And I was, I'm going to give you specific locations, and anybody from that area will know where I'm talking about. But uh, old Highway 45 runs north and south through Jackson, Tennessee, and I would travel from the north side of town, or the south side of town to the north side of town on the old 45 highway. And so I crossed a large interstate or went under a large interstate and about uh, maybe a mile, mile and a half on the right past I-40, there is a, uh, I think it's Jackson North or North Jackson High School. I was pulling up going past the high school and there was a softball game going on. You know, all the lights were shining. The whole area was lit up. You know how you drive past a football game or a baseball game at night and the stadium lights are on and it just looked awesome. I remember seeing it. Well, when I got almost parallel with the game, um, in an instant, the whole sky lit up like it was daylight. And my first thought was is that a transformer had blown. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen transformers blows and, and they just light up the whole sky. But they only do it for a second. And this this area stayed lit up for, I didn't time it, but I, but it was a, it was a pretty good while, maybe... 45 seconds or a minute. And what was funny was, is that I actually pulled over because it just stayed lit up and it, and it shocked me for a minute. And I, across the street from the ball game, there was uh, just a regular residential neighborhood, which would have been dark. You know, you could have seen a little bit of it from the stadium lights, but you wouldn't have been able to see, car tags or, uh, you know, details of shrubbery up against mm. the homes or whatever. Cat, I could see everything like the sun, like it was noon during the day. It was unbelievable. And I looked around and I could see cars and uh, I could see people walking in front of their homes, like coming out into their carports to get in their cars. 
uh, I remember seeing, uh, you know, these things kind of stick in your mind. Uh, I saw a dog uh, behind a chain link fence kind of up on his paws when a guy was walking out to get in his car. Things that I would not have seen uh, if if it had stayed dark. And it stayed like I was just looking around and I, I couldn't believe it. And then it went totally back to the way it was. It went dark and my eyes took a minute to adjust back to the darkness, even though there was plenty of light from the softball game. Did it just suddenly go out or did it slowly start to dim? It blinked on just like that. And it, and then I'm guessing 45 to 60 seconds, everything stayed totally lit. And then it went out like you turned a light switch off. And the weirdest thing about that episode was I looked I looked over at the softball game expecting people in the stands and the ball players to be looking up into the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expected cars to be pulled over. You know, when you're when you're focused on one thing strange happening, you're not aware of what's going on around you. Well, when it went out, I'm looking around. The game is still going on. I remember seeing it, it was a fast pitch softball game, and you know how those girls whirl that arm around real mm-hmm. fast. And I saw a girl throw a pitch. Um, cars were going by me. The guy that I saw across the street who had gotten in his car was backing out into the highway, and he went, he, he took off the opposite direction I was headed. It's like everything was just as normal as it could be. And I sat there for a minute and I just couldn't believe it. It was like, you know, another thing I thought was that the way the sky lit up, I thought that it was possibly, this is crazy, but a nuclear detonation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've seen how, you know, you see it in films where, you know, the whole sky lights up. And Yeah, I was actually so thinking I, of that. Yeah, I started thinking about my family and which were only about three miles down the road, you know, for me to get home. Mm -hmm. And I was married and had three children at the time. And so it was just the strangest thing. Well, so I went home and told my wife and she was like, no, I didn't see anything. She said, but the kids and I've been inside. uh, And it was, you know, nine 30 or 10 o'clock at night. It's dark in the central time zone at that hour. And so I remember laying there that night and just thinking about that weird thing. And then I thought, well, you know, it's just, I can't explain it. So, so I just kind of put it out of my mind, went to sleep, got up the next morning, went to work. And there were two of the guys, there were probably eight or nine of us on that crew. Two of the guys had daughters playing in that softball game that night. Cause I, I was telling them about what I saw and they said, well, we were at the game. Hmm. I, I'm like, well, did you see, did you see that light? And they're like, no, it's like nobody saw anything, but, but me. Hmm. And now when you go and tell people that, like I'm telling those guys at work, what I saw, they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And, and so it kind of goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago but you see something like that out in public and no one else how can no one else see that 
Well, even your family, even though they were indoors, if the light was that bright, they would you think they would have seen something. Right, right. So that mm. is the that is the the later uh, episode in my life that I I I didn't really connect it with a UFO thing, but a few years later, I ran or I read. Uh, an article by a guy, and I cannot remember where I saw, I think I was sitting in a dentist office reading some magazine. And it was probably, you know, probably a real popular magazine, like Time or something like Mm -hmm. that. And uh, someone was writing about an episode just like that, and they were claiming that it was a UFO something or other. And so I thought, oh, well, maybe that's what I had. And this was like, several years later that I read about this and I had just put it out of my mind. And, uh, so I broadcast that story on my channel in a much shorter form than I just did with you. But I had a few people comment on the video and they said, well, they gave me some opinions on those things. And I thought, yeah, well, you know, maybe that could be it or whatever. Uh, so that was an episode that happened later in my life. Well, then, so I'll go back to when I was a teenager. Now, the way I put this together, it sounds kind of hokey, but it's really, it's not. It's, I'm telling you what I saw. But I don't remember what year the movie Close Encounters of Third of the Third Kind came out. You know, the Steven yep. Spielberg To this day, it's my favorite movie, and I think it is because I had this experience not too long after that movie was released. But I had, I wasn't even, I was younger than 16. We we were able to drive when we were 16. And I know that I couldn't drive because, um, you know, normally in those days when you were young, you would, we would ride our bikes if even if it was 10 miles away, we would ride our bikes to practice or to a game and our mm-hmm. parents would come if they could, but we didn't want to be with them. We'd ride our bikes <laughs> to the, because after the game, everybody would go for ice cream or, or whatever, all the kids would. So, but on this particular night, we were playing a team way over on the other side of town and the game, it was a baseball game and the, the, the game was over late. And my dad picked me up, and I remember sometime prior to this, probably two, three, within the month, I had seen the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So we get home, and it's probably, um, it's late. It's like 11 o'clock at night, and it's a weeknight, and he's, my dad goes on to bed. Well, I'm in my baseball uniform and you know how you are when you're 13 or 14 years old, you can stay up all night. And I wasn't tired at all, but it was a beautiful summer night and everything was clear. I remember that I could see stars. Uh, we lived in a neighborhood that wasn't lit really well. Uh, this is right in the middle of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, so there's, there's quite a bit of light pollution, but I could still see a lot of stars and I would sit out in the front yard. We had a big yard, And just look at stars. I still do that today. I've always liked just to sit out and think and look at the stars. Well, I'm sitting out there, and across the street from where we live, there's a 
row of homes. And behind this home directly across from us is these really super tall pine trees. And through those pine trees, I could see some lights coming at a real slow rate of speed. Uh, and I could see them through the pine trees. They were, they were fairly close to me. And so my line of sight was through the pine trees, but I could see the lights coming. <clears throat> well, we were in a flight path for the, we, we didn't live close to the Memphis International Airport, but we were in a flight path where they would come over, you know, I'm guessing anywhere from <clears throat> three to 5,000 feet uh, on their glide path into the airport. So I was used to lights coming over our, our house and I didn't think anything of it, but I, I remember keeping my eyes on it because it was just it's lights, you know, you look at lights. And yeah. so, um, and then as it got closer and my line of sight began to come above the pine trees, I could see, uh, just like, do you remember the scene in Close Encounters where you have seen the movie, haven't oh, you? Oh, yes. I saw it at the theater when it came out. Oh, yeah. Did, <laughs> did you just love it? or? or oh, I loved it. Do you remember the scene where the mom and the little boy are in their uh, farmhouse and those spacecrafts start coming over those trees and towards their mm -hmm. home and those clouds are boiling in front of the in front of the UFOs. Do you recall that? Yep, I do. Well, this is, <coughs> excuse me, this is exactly, almost exactly what it looked like. But in the movie, they were red and yellow and blue lights. These were just lights, like white lights. Mm -hmm. And they were moving really slow, much slower than a plane. And they came over the pine trees where I could see them. And by this time, my heart is beating a hundred miles an hour. And I watched this, whatever it was, come over the treetops and it had this bank of fog or clouds in front of it. And it came over and it was, and I don't know how high it was, but all I could see was the lights. And it was lower than the planes would come over in their glide path, but it was uh, much larger than a plane. It, the lights were spaced three three or four times as far apart. There were two lights uh, three or four times as far apart as uh, an airplane would, would have lights. Usually they have one big main beam on the front, and then they have the blinking red lights on the wings. And yeah, a red one and a green were, one, yeah. Yeah. These two lights were shining forward, and they looked like, I don't know if you're familiar with this or if, uh, anybody in your audience would know, but we used to have these giant spotlights that would, if there was a grand opening for a store, a grocery store or whatever, they would hire these companies to bring in these huge spotlights and shoot a beam mm. up in the air mm -hmm. and kind of whirl it around. You know what I'm talking yep, about? I do. Well, that's what these lights were doing. They were projecting a beam way out in front of whatever this thing was um, through these, this fog bank. And it's moving real slow, and there's no sound. There's just no sound at all, because I remember that, because I kept thinking, I'm going to hear this plane in a minute, but I never heard it. Mm -hmm. Well, it finally got 
almost over the top, not centered over me, but just, you know, in general, over the top of where I was. And these lights blinked off. And when they came back on, they were shooting straight up in the air. Hmm. And it looked like whatever this thing was had stopped. And it seems like they blinked a couple of times. You know, I have trouble remembering every little detail, but they blinked a couple of times and then they went out and then there was nothing as clear a night as it was. I could again, see stars and stuff like that. And then, uh, maybe 60 seconds later, the lights came back on, but it had moved back behind me and it just kept, it just moved on at a real slow pace and it just moved on. No sound, no nothing. All I saw was lights. And I remember standing out in the front yard for, oh, an hour looking. And I I may have gotten on my bike. We lived next to a cul-de-sac that went deep back behind my house. Mm -hmm. It seems like I jumped on my bike and rode back there to see if I could see something. But I I don't recall. But it sounds like something I would do. (laughs) Uh, And I vaguely remember that. Well, you know, I finally gave it up and I remember going back. We had a swimming pool in the backyard. And of course, my parents had lawn chairs and, you know, where you lay out. And I I laid back there beside the pool in total darkness for a couple of three hours, just looking up at the sky, hoping I could see this thing again. But I never did. And I woke up the next morning. It was before dark, but it was maybe 530 in the morning. I had fallen asleep and that's, uh, that's where I woke up and I went in, took a shower and carried on with my day. And I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't tell, uh, I, I told my dad and he's like, Cam, Cam, you're an idiot. That was a plane, you know, that was, uh, um, and that's all it took for me to shut up about it. And, uh, so, and again, I relayed that story on my channel and I got a lot of interesting comments on that. And, you know, uh, we, I'm very fortunate that people enjoy, people enjoy my channel and I'm not trying to pump up my channel here. Well, I'm trying to make a comparison, but I'll put out a video about, I'll narrate a couple of stories about Bigfoot and that video might get 40 to a hundred thousand views. But when I put out a story about UFOs and I've got two or three, including my own, those videos, people aren't interested. They don't seem to be interested in that. But I've got to tell you, after recalling these events since, you know, a month or so ago when I relayed those stories, I've been really intrigued by a lot of this and have been reading up on it. Now, I haven't learned anything, but, um, yeah, but those UFO videos that I do, they get a fraction of the views that uh, the Bigfoot or the Dogman or whatever will get. Isn't that funny? That is funny. Hmm. But I think they're much more intriguing, Not maybe not more intriguing, but they're, I, I, there's something mystical, not mystical. I'm trying to find the word. But yeah. anyway, <clears throat> uh, people commented, they said, and I actually got a couple of encounters in where people, they saw things around 
huge crowds of people, but no one else saw it but them. And the response that I get in some of the comments, I think by people who are very knowledgeable in this field will say that uh, you're chosen to see these things. Now, I'm not saying I believe that, but I'm saying if that's true, that would explain it. So, Because that's something that you just don't miss. <laughs> no. I mean, a softball at a softball game and the whole sky lights up like daytime for a minute. Nobody sees it. What, what is up with that? Yeah. It, does, it makes no sense. So, um, yeah, that's uh, those are my experiences. That's amazing. I um, Now, I've heard other people say when they have encounters like that, um, there's no sound like like you, but sometimes they feel something. Um, did you feel or smell anything? Do you recall, or or there's just nothing? It it seems like the event that happened when I was a young teenager was. It it almost seems like, and I can't remember, but it almost seems like there was this low vibration, mm-hmm. like a. Um, and I've never heard anybody say this. I'm not making this up and I'm not going, hey, let's add this to try to add a little validity to this story because I really don't remember. But it feels like <clears throat> there was this low vibration, almost a hum, but it's like I could feel it and more than I could hear it. And so, but that no smell, no, nothing. Just it was, you know, 99% visual. And that's what I get from other people as well. They also describe it the same way. It's that hum that you can feel in your chest, but there's no sound. Oh, you've heard that before? Yes, I have. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, maybe maybe I do have kindred people out there. Oh, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Just the the right ones haven't been listening yet. (laughs) And you know, uh, what what I've done is over the last... You know, this re-interest in or rekindled interest in UFOs, and you know, UFO encounters are outnumber Bigfoot or cryptid, mm-hmm. even maybe even, you know, type, ghost type encounters, a thousand to one. I mean, people see things flying in the sky. A, a thousand times more than they see for, for example, of Bigfoot. Yep. And um, so there's a couple of people that I've watched videos on. I wish I could remember the name of this one guy. I get so enthralled with the stories that I forget to forget <laughs> who wrote them or who the characters are. But, um, but there's one book that I, I read it last month and I, and then I bought it on, uh, uh, audible and, mm-hmm. and I've listened to it <clears throat> twice while I travel in my truck is and the title is simple it's called UFO it's by Leslie Keen and this her her book is not she's a professional have you read it no I haven't um and I'm not paid to pump her book or anything but uh it's just a book that I happen to read that seems very credible and what she does is uh, she takes years and years and years of uh, her career as a journalist covering 
a lot of topics, including UFO sightings. And she compiles all this in a book. And these are, these encounters are retold by um, military aircraft pilots, fighter mm -hmm. pilots, commercial airline pilots, ground control. Uh, all of these events are um, retold in her book with great research done into the, to verifying what they saw. And she corroborates every one of these, and there's story after story after story of fighter pilots and um, commercial aircraft pilots and ground support people witnessing these things. And there are records kept by, you know, government bureaucracies that are available for everyone to read. And mm. uh, she... She chronicles a lot of this stuff in this book, and I thought it was fascinating, and it's really, really piqued my interest even more in the topic. So uh, I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, sounds like an interesting book. I would love to interview pilots uh, who've had encounters, but uh, I've uh, put the shout out before, and uh, it's very difficult to get people like that to come forward. And I don't even have to use their names. Uh, I just want to know about their encounters. Because I don't hear too many. I do hear of pilots having experiences like that, but it's just you know a friend of a friend type thing. I want to talk to the actual source. Oh yeah, well I recommend. Uh, you know, if uh, audio books are fun, I love to read. But they're I, and I'll usually get the audio book after I read a book because mm -hmm. you can. Uh, I, I don't know. It's like if you hear it after you read it. For me, it it, it imprints it in my mind better, and I can remember. Um, but I highly recommend that book. It's a very scholarly book. It's well-researched and it's, it's really good stuff. And the audio, the audio book is, I think she narrates it. I think the author narrates the book and she's really good. Oh, nice. So I, I recommend that to any of your listeners. It's a, it's a scholarly, well-researched book on UFOs. It's not you won't feel like a whack job when you when you hear some of these stories <laughs> if you've had a one of these type encounters, you know. So I never have. Uh, as a as a teenager, I've seen lights in the sky, but there there were we thought there were stars. It was just uh, me and my friends in high school. We were out at um at a park, you know, a camp, um, just a campsite, and we're just laying on the picnic table looking up. And we saw, we thought there were stars, but they weren't moving like stars. They'd go to the right, they they drop, they'd go, it, it did not act like an aircraft. It wasn't a shooting star. I've seen that twice in my life, and I thought, what the heck is that? So that, yeah, but I've never had any actual encounters like you or, or many other people who've had them. Well, and you know, I, I'm not saying there isn't a way to easily debunk uh, you know, my experiences, they could be very easily explained. And, uh, especially the, the one at the softball game, I, you know, somebody could, you know, claim there was an electrical, pro I mean, there, there's, there's probably a reasonable explanation for that one. But the one, when I was a teenager, it was, uh, the thing that really made it real to me was that there was no sound. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, there there would have been there would have been a jet engine or something because this thing was as close as an aircraft, and uh, so I think maybe you know I'm about fifty percent believing that I saw something really unusual. Now, what it is, I don't know. Mm. Now, I've heard uh, the past couple of years that some people believe there's a correlation between Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings. Uh, a lot of times, if you see one, you're going to see the, the other in the same location. So some of them, you know, or some people always try to figure out what Bigfoot is, and some say they're aliens and uh, just keeping tabs on us. But have you heard that, that, that there seems to be some people that have believed that there's a correlation between Bigfoot and uh, UFO encounters? Yeah, um, and I've gotten several emails and comments about that. And, you know, there are so many theories, mm. uh, especially surrounding Bigfoot. You can go from one end to the other end of the spectrum. And here's the thing. We just don't know. We, no. we don't know that, you know, for example, Bigfoot, people have very staunch opinions on, I mean, there are people out there that say they know uh, where Bigfoots live, where how they gather food, how they migrate, if they migrate, how they, when their mating season is, what the gestation mm -hmm. period is for a Bigfoot. I, I have a hard time believing that because... You know, we have thousands of hours of footage of a great white shark, but we don't know where they, where or how they breed or what, where they give birth or why they travel the huge distances they travel. We still don't know those things. Yeah. We don't even have a verifiable picture of a Bigfoot. No. I mean, really, all we have are just a bunch of blurry pictures other than the Patterson-Gimlin footage, which mm -hmm. I... Personally, I'm, I'm not saying it's real, but I believe it is. And uh, it looks very authentic to me. That's really probably the only footage image of Bigfoot I've ever seen that I think that my opinion is it's authentic. So, but yeah, there's a, there is a huge host of people with all kind of theories on Bigfoot's UFOs and, you know, how they connect and look, they could be just as right as the people who say Bigfoot is just a flesh and blood animal. Yeah. We, we just don't know. Yeah. Some people firmly believe it's an ape. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when uh, I first heard people thought that Bigfoot and UFOs had uh, a connection, do you remember the old TV show called uh, Six Million Dollar Man? Yeah. Yeah. I used to love that show. And then he made friends. Yeah, I tried to watch it uh, on YouTube a few years ago to show the kids, and I thought, oh, my God, this is horrible. But as a kid, I, I absolutely loved it. And it reminded me of um, when he met the Sasquatch, and apparently he was an alien on that TV show. So I just thought that was uh, that was pretty interesting. I didn't know that. I remember seeing the, uh, the uh, series. I think I missed the... Uh the Bigfoot part of the series, though. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I don't even remember how many seasons there were for that TV show, but I remember um, the uh, Bigfoot was extremely strong, and um, I think they had, 
I vaguely remember them fighting or something, and then they became friends, and he took uh, Steve Austin to his cave, and it was all futuristic, and yeah, it was kind of neat. Oh, that's cool. I need to go back and watch those. Yeah, I think I might too. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But no, it's just so fascinating how many theories people have on on all of this. You know, uh, rather it's Bigfoot or UFOs or ghosts or or uh, or anything. It's just so many fascinating theories that people have, and um, I really hope someday I find out what the truth is. Yeah, yeah, me too. I don't know. I don't have any problem at all. Matter of fact, I welcome all theories. The problem I have with the people who have a very solid view of um, what they think Bigfoot does, and they use that to beat other people up who don't mm. agree with them or who have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. That is the only thing I have a problem with, and that is a big, that's a big issue in the Bigfoot, uh, you know, in the thought of the Bigfoot uh, community. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's really, it's really kind of a shame because there are some groups out there that they just belittle other people for thinking, for instance, that uh, Sasquatch and and some extraterrestrial influence are connected. Um, but to me, that 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 could be just as true as anything, anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we there's people like that in the uh, the paranormal, the, the ghost community as well. Uh, some people have some theories, and uh, you know, there's bashing and just. I just want everyone to get along, talk about the experiences, and just not necessarily believe people, but listen. And you don't have to bash people because you don't agree with what they're saying or how they feel. Just listen. It's like politics. I mean, if you don't, <laughs> I'll never tell you my politics, and I don't care mm-hmm. about your politics, but I like you, Cat. You're a great, you're you're just a nice person. Oh, thank and you. If, if you think Bigfoot you know, was planted here by aliens. And and I think it's an ape. So what? I mean, what does it, how, how does it help the, the, the position or how does it, mm-hmm. uh, how does it forward the, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but how does it help to, to beat you up because you think it, and I'm not saying you do, but I'm saying yeah. if you did, um, how does it help to beat somebody else up? I mean, I'm like you, let's, Let's get along. Let's, to me, oh, just imagine sitting around a campfire, having a few beers, listening to everyone's opinion in a lighthearted way on Bigfoot or UFOs or this new phenomenon, Dogman or whatever. I would love to hear 20 different opinions on that Mm -hmm. stuff and just sit there and smile and enjoy it, you know? Exactly. The way I look at it, we're, we're talking about it. You don't need to be mean. We're just, we're talking about a common interest or a common idea. And um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, people just irritate me when, when they get really defensive like that. You don't, you don't need to do that. Yeah. And you started this conversation with, um, you know, people's reluctance to come forward with whatever strange thing that's happened in their life. And it's gotten to where I've only been in this Bigfoot. I only got interested in Bigfoot maybe a couple of three years ago. But uh, I've noticed that before people would tell Bigfoot stories all the time. And with, 
you know, people might think they're crazy, but that was the only thing that would mm -hmm. deter people from telling the story. Now you've got family members or people at work or whatever that think you're crazy. And then you've got people, you know, and I'll use the Bigfoot community as an example. Now you've got to deal with all the Bigfoot, quote, the self-appointed experts who are mm -hmm. just going to ridicule you because you said you saw Bigfoot bleeding. Yeah. Or, you know, with a scratch on his arm. And they will, they will rip you another one if you talk <laughs> about that because they think it's an indestructible being. And you follow what I'm saying? It's yes, like, I do, yeah. It's like the ridicule has doubled up and – um I was on a. I was helping moderate a live broadcast last night for a, a group of guys that are. I'm not a Bigfoot researcher. I don't. I don't. I don't go in the woods looking for him. Someone asked me. You know, I've got this channel where we relate these stories, and that's all I'm interested in. Someone asked me in a comment. They said, "Well, do you ever see any signs of Bigfoot or think about Bigfoot when you're on your property?" And I'm like, "Nope. Mm. I, I ride my bike every day." back here in these woods and with my dogs and it never crosses my mind and uh i'm gonna enjoy the woods and mm. and and um but i was helping these guys moderate a live show last night and i, I remember making the comment <laughs> these guys are researchers and they're actually the only researchers i've met that i even like i mean <laughs> they're just good guys you know the rest of them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stay in a room with them for five minutes. And I'm not trying to be mean. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying to sit in a room with somebody who, for example, is going to tell you uh, all of their political views and you're an idiot because you don't think that's right. Yeah. You're not going to want to sit there and talk to a person like that. So no. Uh, and you yeah. won't want to give that person your views too. It'd be nice to discuss some things. Hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, I think taxes are blah, blah, blah. Or I think this social uh, issue, uh, maybe we should think about it this way or whatever. You can't say that around those people. Mm. You can't discuss anything. Sometimes it turns into a heated discussion. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. It is so funny. Up here in Canada, too. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. It's it, just that crazy. It is. So, yeah, that's a, that's, it's a shame that people are that way. And, and 90, I would say nine out of 10 stories that I get with cryptids, the people don't want their name used. Yep. It, that's just, a, and, and if they do say they want their name used, they may give me their full name. I won't give their full name. Mm -hmm. I'll just say it's Ray or Jenny or whatever. And, um, just and, just for that reason. And I like that about your show, too, when you're reading the stories and, and you'll say at the end, you know, again, they don't want their names mentioned. And I respect that. I don't understand it sometimes, but I respect it and I won't mention their names. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm of the. Obviously, you've talked to me here for almost an hour. You can tell I can run my mouth. But um, <laughs> if I walked out. You know, I live on 20 acres here in North Mississippi, and I've got nothing but wilderness for the next two miles uh, north of me to the next county road. If I walk back there or I'm back there riding my bike and walking my dogs and I see a Bigfoot, you know, a lot of the stories I get are I've never told a soul. They'll say I've never, mm -hmm. you're the first person I've told this to. 
if I saw something like that, I would, I would tell everybody I knew, but I'm a loud mouth, you know, and, and I don't care what people think about me, but, um, if I saw it, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about it. Yeah. The, the excitement and, and potential, probably fear as well, that you just want to share it with other people. Like, guess what I saw? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, we're at the end here. Uh, before I let you go, why don't you uh, tell us about your channel, where people can find you? Okay. Um, the name of the channel, it's a YouTube channel called Dixie Cryptid, and it's not a uh, research-type channel. I even told someone the other day, so we got an ugly comment uh, about, you know, probably from a researcher, uh about one of the stories that I relayed from one of our people. Our channel is really not even about Bigfoot. It's about storytelling and relating stories to people. Um, some of them I write myself, and what I'll do is I'll take a, a story that I've heard. Like I've got one story out called, um, I think it's called The President's Island Incident. The story was told to me in about, a 45 second conversation and I remembered it. And so I wrote a story around that. The facts are true. What happened was true, but you know, you'll build a story around mm -hmm. it. So probably nine out of 10 stories are actual stories submitted to me by people and about one out of 10 or something I've heard or read and I'll build a story around that. And it's just a channel where I narrate stories, nothing spectacular or special. I try to put some pretty good visuals with the videos, but uh, yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Dixie Cryptid on YouTube. And I love the show. <laughs> oh, I have a ton of fun doing it. It is so much fun. You can tell. You can tell you really enjoy it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I started the channel back in October, <clears throat> and it just exploded and I don't know why I, I don't, you can obviously tell that I have an accent, uh, which I love, <laughs> <laughs> but to me, you know, I've tried for years to cover it up because it's a, there's a, there, there's a stigma in some circles to a really uh, bad Southern accent. And I, I try to pronounce my words correctly and, uh, there's just some words that I just can't say just because of the, the virtue of where I'm from. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I never dreamed anybody would enjoy the stories, but I'm glad they do. And I'm very humbled by it. And I always tell people, say, man, your channel's doing great. And my next response is, oh, it's going to tank tomorrow. <laughs> it'll fall off the, it'll fall off the, fall off the planet tomorrow. And I still think that. But as long as people enjoy it, um, and I love telling stories. I love writing and, and how many published authors do you know who have had their story heard over 5 million times? That's amazing. Yeah. We've got oh, in seven or eight months, there's been 5.5 million views to these videos. And I thought my wife said, uh, do you think if you wrote and published a book, 5 million people would buy the book? And I'm like, well, if they did, that would be great. <laughs> I could quit my job. But, um, so yeah, YouTube and all of these video, you know, platforms are 
people complain about them a lot, but man, it is a unbelievable way to communicate uh, to other people. And for people like me who would never, uh, I'm not a good enough writer to be published by one of the big publishing houses, but I can write stories and they can be, people listen to them and I, I'm sorry to run you long here, but I just want to say I, I've offered in the last two videos for young people, preteen and teenagers, if they would like to submit a fiction, even a fictional story mm-hmm. to be read, because I know how good it feels to write a story uh, narrated on the air and people absolutely enjoy the story. I know how that feels now. And I'd love to give some young writers a good exercise in creative writing and get the payoff of actually being heard and read. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And that's amazing to be able to give people the opportunity like that, especially the young ones. Oh, I, I would love to read their stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, because I can't, I can't imagine being... I like to write when I was 16. I'm not, I wasn't smart. I was a D student, but I love to read and I love to write just stuff I made up in my head. And, uh, cause I've always had a crazy imagination, but I can't imagine at 16 putting a story out and 10 or 20,000 people actually listening, listening to it. Yeah. And giving comments on it. I mean, I think it's a, and I haven't gotten a story yet, but I'm hoping over the next couple of weeks I get one. So if any of your listeners have kids that are aspiring writers and they want to get heard, look us up. Is there an email that they can contact you? Yeah, it's a DixieCrypted at gmail.com, D-I-X-I-E-C-R-Y-P-T-I-D at gmail.com. And uh, we're building a website now where people can submit stories on the website for everyone to read. But um, it's just me right now, and I don't know how to build a website. But I did get started a couple of weeks ago, so hopefully we'll have that up and running soon. Good. I'll add the the email in the show notes and uh, links to your your channel as well. So anyone who uh, doesn't necessarily remember listening to it, the show, the, oh, sorry, getting tongue-tied. The, uh, in the show notes, you'll be able to find the links. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again, Cameron. I really, really appreciate this. Uh, it was an honor having you on here. Well, Kat, you have a great show. I've listened to probably, uh, how many do you have up about? I think I have 19 now. I was going to say 18. I think I've listened to about 12 of them. Okay. You're you're a great host. You have a great podcast. And Thank that's you. why I wanted to to come on with you. You do a great job. And I'm, I'm looking forward to more of your, your shows. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And folks, I just wanted to thank you again for listening. And I'd like to thank Jonathan Mallard for being the voice behind the, odd t- the oddities, as well as... Um, Brian Anderson for being the uh, voice in the beginning, you know, in the intro and the outro. You guys are amazing. Thanks again and take care. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, Just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.
Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 